Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Claude Dufresne, who is the CEO of Neobay Metals. They're a Canadian neobium explorer with assets in Canada. Uh, we learn a bit about the marketplace. It's only three to four billion in size, so quite small. There are only three to four players, and these guys are hoping to be the next player in the marketplace. Uh, we discuss what their plans are for this year. They did a small raise in December, so we look at the use of proceeds and the possibility of maybe needing to raise a bit more money for the delivery of their PEA at the end of this year. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Claude. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Actually, beautiful day here in northern Montreal, so uh, spring is here. And uh, hopefully summer will be uh, on our door in the next few 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 weeks. Now you, you got a pretty nice scene going on the back there. You look like you're up in the woods in a in a log cabin. Am, am I am I wrong? Or? Yeah, actually, we're uh, fortunate enough. We're uh, ha- we have a cottage. Actually, we call it cottage up here. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half drive uh, north of Montreal. So I've been sitting here for the last month, and I believe we're still going to be here for another couple of weeks until we be able to. Go back in the city. Yeah, beautiful. Well, that looks like a gorgeous Listen, setting, right? Beautiful scenery. It's a, yeah, exactly. Great. Well, why don't we um, kick off for people new to this story, which I suspect we a few. Give us a one-minute overview of the business, then we'll we'll pick it up from there. All right. So it's it's very simple, uh, Matthew. We're uh, now be it's a company that focus on on critical metal, but our our real focus is really on one metal itself. It's Naubium. Uh, it's uh, it's a metal that it, there's just a number of, of uh, producers out there. Uh, actually, there's three producers in the world, two in Brazil, one in Canada. And I ended up uh, getting exposure to the metal uh, in, 20, in the beginning of 2000. I, I got involved with the Quebec Corporation of Naubium. It's called the Naubium Mine. So I've been in the Naubium space for about uh, 15 years now. So I... Uh, I, I that's pretty much why I'm CEO of that company, and we uh, we focus on the middle, and we believe uh, that we uh, will bec- become the fork producer. We we own a great asset in Northern Ontario that uh, has been drilled in the '60s. Uh, everything has been done. The uh, feasibility study, unfortunately, at that time the, the economics were not there, but definitely this year looks pretty good that we'll be able to build something up there. Okay, and before we get into your business model, let's try and understand what the niobium market is like. Used in steel gives it a lot of properties that it, that it has, but why don't you talk through some of those properties? Maybe it gives a sense of the size of the market and therefore the size of the opportunity. If there's only going to be four players, ninety uh, percent of the niobium goes in steel. The other ten percent is used in the, uh, I will say the. Uh, I, I technology space, which we're, that's that's an area that we're not focusing on, obviously. So the the market size for the steel grade, we're looking at around right now of a hundred thousand tons of niobium. Uh, it's uh, I will say close to three to four billion dollar uh, market, so it's not a, a big market at all. Uh, but what's unique about that market? There's just like I said previously, there's just three producer. Uh, one producer in Brazil uh, named CBMM control uh, uh, 80% of the market, and the uh, the uh, other two producers are pretty much sharing the the, the, the other 20%, roughly about uh, eight to 12% each. 
so um, adding a fourth producer, it's it's not going to impact uh, the the big producer CBMN because the market is growing so much that our, our additional capacity in the market by the time we'll, we'll start producing will be uh, just a blimp in terms of the, uh, the total sell of that big guy. So okay, and, and so we're, we're, about uh, yeah. So it's steel. I'm assuming a lot of that therefore goes into China. But what, what are, who are the other players in the market that um, buy this? I mean, I, I don't know too much about the naive market, so apologies. All right, sorry. The uh, steel industry, Thyssen Krupp in, uh, in Europe, ArcelorMittal around the world, the Chinese steel mills are the end user of the, of the metal. Uh, and what it does to steel is strain up the steel, make the steel stronger by adding just five to ten dollars uh, five to seven dollars worth of novium in a ton of steel that will uh will, will have a major impact on the strength and having a, a higher strength you're you're capable of reducing the, the weight of the the steel part or the thickness of, of the steel part so you're saving a lot in terms of steel but also you you have a positive contribution to the reduction of the co2 emission Right. Okay. So there's going to be lots of applications for that. For you know, building skyscrapers, for instance, you imagine would would it would be the main uh, use for that. But okay, we, we can get into that later. But let, let's come back to the business model. I'm always fascinated what's going on in the minds of the of the board. You've been in this industry yeah. 15 years. You tell me what? How long have you been involved? What did you set out to try to build? And where are you with that process today? Well. Uh the uh, uh why <laughs> like what amazed me with that with that business is, is the profitability of those operations like uh, the Naubic mine which is up in quebec is the highest cost producer it's an underground mine that has been in operation for uh, 44 years now and it's still got 20 to 30 years of mine life uh they're pretty much uh generating closer to 140 to 150 million us dollar and that's the highest cost producer uh, yeah. and the smallest producer. So it's uh, those are cash cow, we can say, uh, those operation. And you could just imagine about the big producer, how much cash they are generating. So it's it's appealing because there is obviously other project out there, but none of the other project in the world are basically uh, uh, could uh, could run for a number of reasons. So uh, we we uh, we own a deposit that is pretty much uh, alike like the one in Quebec. So obviously we're uh, uh, we're we're looking good in terms of uh, upside going down the road. Yeah. Okay, but, but as we're going to derail the project, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so I, I understand what attracted you. There's very few um, players. It's a high margin commodity. But and and but when you first got it got into this, you 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 know you you, know, you must have learned a few things along the way, but. When did you identify this project, and you know how did you acquire it, and what was it that you're trying to build? Because I'm interested in this. Because great, you've got stuff under the ground, but for me as an investor, I'm trying to work out where I make money. So, tell me about the, the origins of this, and then we'll kind of you know go down, walk down that path together to sort of see what the where the value comes. I got involved with the uh, the, the Nowbeck mine, like I said that in early 2000 and uh, at that time i was owned by a company called cambio and i, I became responsible for the sales and marketing of the of the uh, the metal so i've sold the uh, the the, the Naubium, uh all the way up to 
2012. Uh, at that time, uh, the owner of the mine uh, was Angle, and Angle wanted to divest the asset, so they ended up selling the asset to uh, a fund called Magris Resources, which uh, uh, they ended up buying it for half a billion dollar US. Uh, that was in 2015. Uh, so that was, uh, <clears throat> but my time was due. So uh, when, when I, I stopped working with uh, with now back in 2012, I uh, ended up uh, working, uh, I got hired by Naube, which had another Naubium project in Quebec, which was the quality was not as as great. And the goal was to focus on finding another Naubium mine. So um, and we, uh, we've, uh, we've discovered, funny enough, my geologist discovered that asset on the internet. I realized that there was uh, an old uh, uh, deposit, a government deposit in Northern Ontario. And so we started digging into it. It's been shelf since the 60s. And it took a while for us to contact, uh, to, to get a hold of the owner because the owner was not even aware that he owned the asset. So we ended up digging into it and it took us uh, close to a year to, 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 to finalize the transaction with the owners. That was in 2016. Yeah. So our cost was 20, uh, 20, I think $50,000 cash plus $300,000 worth of stock. Uh, for an asset that we believe is worth a billion now. Okay, that's how you kind of got into it. So you, you've got all this historic data. I love the fact that someone found it on the internet because the person who owned it didn't know they owned it. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, so you've got a lot of historical data. You've done some analysis um, you know, before you bought it. And since you've had it, you know, what have you been doing? You know, how much money have you spent on this thing and, and to what end? What are you trying to do at this stage? Okay. Well, uh, so we, we acquired that in 2016, uh, the asset. And uh, soon after, we uh, obviously, we, we we went through all the database of all the historical data. So lucky enough, we had access to all the historical uh, technical documentation. So we went through all of this. Uh, in detail, and we also uh, had access to all the core. So imagine that the core were 50 years old, and it was all sitting up in Musing in an old building. Uh, so all the core was there. So what we uh, we had, ended up doing is uh, we uh, we'd hire um, uh, an independent firm to uh, to look at the possibility of doing a 4101 on the resource mm -hmm. without doing a, a drill hole. Uh, so uh, in 2018, we uh, we, we published a 4201 resource uh, based on reanalysis of the uh, 12 section throughout the ore body, uh, and the, uh, the the assay came back in line with the historical uh, results. So we had our 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 PE there, uh, sorry, our resource estimates, and uh, following the uh, the 4201, what we we done internally, we we are. Uh, engineering firm to do a scoping study to to see where if there were any challenges and what would be the potential value of that asset so we didn't want to spend too much money uh to have a a, a 4201 resource study but that was good enough for us and uh coming at the result coming out of that uh, scoping study indicated that you guys seems to have a, a high grade zone running deeper uh, and uh, you should test that um, so we knew that we wanted to go out and drill to, to get some core to, to improve, uh, 
to further to do more metallurgical test work. So, but they said, where we're going to put the hole? We we already have a resource there that is uh, is at least uh, will support a mine for 20 years. So it said our, our goal is really not to increase the resource, but more to try to find high grades within that ore body. So. Um, that was the conclusion of, of that scoping study and uh, so we've basically uh, we've been uh, focusing on on that specific aspect uh, so we 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 started a drill program early this year and fortunately we we managed to complete it before the crisis so we get all the uh, the core out uh, we released last week our our first set of results which were uh, above our expectation to be honest it's uh, there's definitely a high grade zone that seems to be running further down at depth and it ignored so uh, we're looking forward to get the assays of the second hole uh to be able to disclose that to the market but uh, we believe we'll be able to to extend the high grade zone further down at depth and our next step following that will obviously going to be a resource update uh and following the resource update then what we're going to start working MEP uh, to be completed by year end so by year we're end. trying to fast track that okay so see so you've, you've you bought it cheap in a in a high margin with a high margin commodity very few players in the marketplace in terms of competition um what's the problem your, your share price is doing nothing your market caps your market the, uh, your market cap is you know whatever 14 15 million it's a it's joke a right joke. so why tell me why well the the first reason uh, matthew and um, is because investors don't realize the value of such an asset uh, i'll give you an example last week uh, we uh, we announced a whole intersection of 180 uh, 85 meters at uh, 0.69 percent uh in bto5 so what most investors has no ugly idea what that means but if you convert that 0.69 into gold that would have been that if it would have released uh, the, uh 185 meters inter uh, intersection at 4.3 grams per ton. so that would have probably i would have we could have seen a pop in, in the share price uh so the challenge is for us is is to uh to people needs to realize that uh, the value of that asset some industry do uh, so that's one the other thing is there's a lot of people that are free uh, that uh, cbmm will, will could squash squash us out uh, by the time we'll, we'll get into the production what do you mean by that uh, so that's Tell me what uh, you that's, mean by that well C cbmm is the largest producer in the world uh, the uh, and they have the supply right now to supply 100% of, of the world event, right? Uh, and they had the demand to supply 100% of the world uh, uh, 10 years ago. Uh, they had it 20 years ago, and they're going to have it in 20 years from now, right? So CBM is such a huge uh, operation and a profitable operation that they're always going to build up capacity to supply whatever the world is in need. But in reality, our works is, remember, I've been selling the, uh, the metal to the steel guys. And you sit purchase manager and the guy wants to do is he wants to secure a supply from, from you, from, from Canada. Then he's going to go with the smallest Brazilian uh, supplier if he wants to buy from more than, uh, than just one so, so, uh, sourcing. And then the last one will be CBMM. 
So CBM always ended up the swing uh, supplier. So if demand grow, well, they, they got enough coming from, from CBM. And if it's going down, then CBM is going to sell a bit less. And they have no problem with that. They've been doing that for years. Like I've been in the 2008 crisis, and uh, I tell you, I, we've sold uh, all of our production in 2008, 2009, and 2010. Uh, and the market uh, in 2009 dropped 40, almost 40%. And guess what? The price was pretty much the same, but CBMM price uh, sales dip uh, because they were, they're the swing supplier and they didn't want to chase the market so they haven't moved the price up they knew the market was going to come back so okay. but so a lot of people believe because they're so dominant they, they could squash uh, any newcomers and also our strategy to enter the market is it's funny enough we want to be the smallest producer there and we don't want to have more than five percent of the world market Okay, but you're, you're saying that as a strike. Most people want to tell me they'll go from 5% to 10% to 20% of the world market, but you're saying it's better because of the way that Neobium is purchased for you to be a small player because that's the first person, they're the first company that buyers will come to because they don't want to give uh, CBMM the leverage. Is, is that what you're saying? Well, How do you position they, they yourself want to see, as yeah. really what I want to know? The, the thing is, the, the end user wants to secure their uh, their supply, right? And and uh, if they don't want to deal with just one supplier, that's the last thing they want to end up doing because you never know what's happening in Brazil. Price uh, yeah. uh, exactly. So there's too much risk. So that's why they, they're always going to support uh, the smaller producers, right? Okay. In that special market, I mean. Uh, and it's going to get more and more important as uh, CBM and market share is growing so much because the demand is growing and the uh, other producers cannot okay. keep up with that. Let me come back to point one you made, which was the market doesn't understand. I mean, I, I don't think it's the market's problem, it's your problem, right? So you need to explain it better. And the, your example just then, when you convert it into gold, okay, I understand. That's a good number, right? But you, you can't blame the market for not understanding a commodity which no one no one really talks about because you say there's there's four players and it's it's not it's a three to four billion dollar market. it's smaller than uranium which is a small market uranium's like a 10 billion dollar market so it, you can't blame people for that so what are you going to do about that how are you going to get out there and make it easier to understand because otherwise you know when you you're right you you put some drill results out and you you expect people to interpret it but that's not their day job. They're working at. They're trying to work out where do they make money, and it's your job to help them. So, how can, how can you make it easier for them? Well, obviously, uh, the more uh, uh, meetings, the more uh, uh, video conference like we're doing now uh, will do, uh, the better for us. Now that we're uh, we're, we're building up the res the, the aggregate resource and we're, the project is moving forward, we're, we're starting to draw a lot more attention. That's, uh, that's what we're starting to realize now. And uh, it's going to be, we're going to continue to bang and to do a lot of promotion to, to explain what, what, what we're having it. And uh, basically what's the, uh, what's the, 
the value uh, that Naobi could end up doing. And at the end of the day, I wouldn't be surprised that somebody's going to take us out. But it's too early right now. We need to de-risk it uh, and have the PEL. But the uh, PEL will, will come up with some, some hefty number. That's exactly what I want to talk about. I want to know exactly what your end game is here. Do you want to get this into production and be selling Niobium into the marketplace? Or do you want to be taken out? And if so, at what point? You've got a PEA by the end of this year. You then can have to do pre-fees, feasibility, DFS, etc. Are you open for conversation during that whole process? Or are you going to wait until... Of course. Yeah. You are. No, no, listen, not. we are open. Because especially now, uh, Matthew, the market, because of what's happening now, changed. Uh, and obviously, to raise capital is always a, a risk. It's always a challenge. Uh, so if we we uh, we could have a, a strategy that is showing interest, and we know it's financially uh, solid, obviously it knocks on the door, and uh, we know that we'll have a, a secure funding to bring that project along. Of course, we'll uh, we'll, 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 we'll we'll listen to what they, they have to, to say, and we'll. If they like the commodity, for sure. Can you tell me a bit about your background? I mean, you, I know you were in the sales up until 2012, but um, who on the team is the technical person? Well, actually, I'm a mining engineer by trade. I, I work uh, 10 years on, on the gold side of the business, then ended up in, in sales and marketing. Uh, and also, our, our largest shoulder is Cisco Gold Royalties, which you, you probably heard of. Uh, our office is within their office, or, or they have two floor. There's the uh, the upper management on the third, and second floor is all all the other Cisco companies with all the technical staff. So we're very well surrounded. If we have uh, any question on on geology, on metallurgy, on, on why not, so we have that offhand right yeah. now. But independently, we're we're, we're doing our, our all of the study with a, a small firm uh, called G Mining Services, which our ex your uh, uh, manager and these guys use have expertise in the Nauvium because they they help building uh, Nauvium expansion so we try to remain independent or technically but on the day-to-day -day basis we have access to uh, all that knowledge that is just uh, an office away from mine okay and who do you talk to about money S excuse me you, you talk to them you talk to Cisco um, about uh, technical questions, but who do you talk to about yeah. money? Oh, of course, you know, they own 20% and we did yeah. a small raise uh, uh, before year end last year and, and they, they chipped their, their share. Uh, but uh, there's only so much you can do right now. They own 20%, so they don't want to, to get more than that, that level you know, at this stage. So, uh, but uh, uh, I'm pretty confident they'll be there if we, if we do another raise, they're going to maintain their 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 twenty percent. Okay. And and um, how much did you raise? Uh, we did two point three million dollars. And how much cash have you got in total? Uh, well, we uh, I think our financials are going to come out in the next uh, month. But right now, I think we we're one point seven million dollars uh, in the bank after spending uh, the the drill program after completing the drill program. Okay. So and we had to run three three point something. A year in, and uh, I think now we're down to 1.7. And when, so, where, where so does right that take now, you through we, to? Where, where does that give you a runway well, for, till the end of this year? Uh, yeah, we're good till the end of the year. We, we can. Our most important uh, task this year is to get the the PEL right, and and we're good with that. So uh, we have all the funds to do it. 
Brilliant. So once the PEA is out, you know a bit more, you're going to raise some more capital and just go through the phases in terms of the study phases. Correct. Yeah. The thing, what we're trying to do, because where the, the, the project is located, we're on the part of traditional territory with the local First Nation group. I call Moose Cree First Nation. Um, so we want them to work with us uh, this summer to, uh, to start working on the baseline study. Okay. So we had some discussion with them uh, this week, actually, on that specific project. So being ahead of the curve, uh, knowing that we're very confident about the outcome of the PE, we want to start working on the baseline study. So if that's the case, then obviously we might have to raise a bit more capital in, in, in the third quarter or fourth quarter to support the additional work that uh, we have in budget this year. Okay, so you may need to raise money third or fourth quarter this year. Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Okay. Um, fine. And with the First Nations, need, obviously, need to be heavily involved. Um, are there any other? And you'll let us know. We'll let the market know how that's going once you've resolved or, or got agreements in place. Are there any other permits licensing issues that are outstanding at the moment? For what we have to do, no. Uh, obviously, but uh, as we're going to develop the mine, of course, there'll be. A, zillion quantity of permit that will be required right okay but right now we're good to, we're good to go uh, for what we have to do right beautiful uh how much money have you put into the company myself yeah uh, oh i own a million shares so i probably put four four hundred fifty grand so, uh, you, you bought in the open market have you uh and private placement yes and private placement yeah. as well yeah so how many shares yeah. are there we're 52 million shares though. okay Okay, that's good. And what about the rest of the board? Are they have they been investing? Well, did you invest in the last round? No, I, I did. Yeah, okay, I put fifty grand in the last round. Uh, and in Quebec, we have what we call flow through, yeah. uh, which is certainly some fiscal advantage. But uh, I took the hard dollar one to give space to uh, people putting flow through money because we didn't want to raise too much flow through. Uh, and the board did a lot of the board member did the same our chairman did the same uh, okay. uh, I must say there's uh, most of the board members are, are heavily invested in, in the company also okay and and, and how do you, how are you incentivizing yourselves because I'm you know I'm not saying big salaries being paid but how, how do you remunerate yourselves well I think it's it's all public information yeah. where uh, like in the last two years I made two hundred thousand dollars a year um, that's it and no no health care nothing is is basic salary and uh, that's it i'm the the, the only full-time employee our, our cfo is also is a cfo of two other uh, junior mining companies mm. that belongs to the osisco group same for uh, we have one guy that is looking after the uh, Ab aboriginal and governmental affair he's an ex svp from uh, of detour goal uh, uh, he's part-time basis. Uh, my geologist is part-time basis, so we're trying to to keep uh, the GNA as low as possible. No, no, okay, that's good. Thank you for answering that. Um, what is your preference for the point at which you exit? You know what? It's it, the market is changing day, uh, day after day, Matthew. It, it's it, it depends where, where the market is right now. You know, it, it's a uh, it's a bit my goal is to get that mine up and going is it going to be private uh, 
in six months from now or, or in three years from now, I guess it's going to be depending on the market more than uh, my own preference, right? Uh, unfortunately, I cannot decide when I'm going to become private, right? It's not my decision. If somebody come up and uh, then they, they made an offer, it's obviously the board will have to decide that would be my decision. But you think that so, would be, a, that it would go private rather than to another public company? And it's if you look at the uh, that type of business uh all the other producers are now private uh there's one mine that used to belong to uh, anglo uh, in brazil called Catalan, and uh, it's been bought by the chinese china mali they paid uh, over a billion dollar for the asset uh in 2016. so now it's all private so the last thing uh, as a company and those are cash cow and there's a lot of private money sitting on the side and they're not too interested in putting it uh, publicly and uh, so once they, they realize that uh, and we'll be able to continue to de-risk the project yeah, though it's pretty attractive in terms of, of, of investment we're looking at around three, uh, 300 million us in terms of capex mm. and um, we believe our cost should be in a range of uh, $20 a kilogram uh, NB now per novium. And the stuff is sitting around 40 bucks a kilogram right now. So it's 100% margin. So uh, that, that you made the math, uh, you got a good return. You got a good return. Yeah. Well, Claude, thank you so much for running us through that. Uh, interesting little story. Very interesting. Um, I wish you well with this year. Obviously, you've got a few a few things to get over the line. Um, I say de-risk, um, get the First Nations on board. Um, I would be delighted if you would pick up the phone and let us know how you're getting on because uh, it's, it's a very interesting little story and very oh, interesting well, space to be in. It is. It is. I'm a, and I, the, the, the reality is the Europeans, uh, from my experience, know much more the value of that asset than, than the North American. Uh, because it's used in variety of, uh, uh, obviously, the steel in Europe has been a big consumer of Naudium uh, for years, uh, ahead of North America and uh, obviously much, much ahead of the Chinese. But uh, like uh, Europe is a big consumer of Naudium, and not only uh, for the steel, but other applications. So so people are, are well aware of, or more aware uh, of Naudium than, than North America. You may well be right. You may well be right. Well, look, I thank you for your time today, and um, we hope to speak to you very soon. Thank you. I'll keep you posted. Thanks very much, Matthew. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.